Become a Leslie's Pro member, and with almost a 1,000 locations conveniently located less than 3 miles from your service route, you can quickly get in and out and take care of your customers. Get Skimmer, America's number one pool service software platform. Listeners of the podcast can try Skimmer for free. Visit my website, swimmingpoollearning.com, and click on the Leslie's Pro and the Skimmer banners to learn more. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. Hi, welcome to the Pool Guy Podcast Show. In this episode, I'm going to talk to you about your saltwater system and why it may not be producing chlorine, some things to look for, and some reasons why the salt system is not working. Pool Service Pro, open a Leslie's Wholesale account today and receive wholesale pricing on products you use every day. Leslie's Pool Supply offers convenient locations that are open seven days a week. Another great benefit of opening a Leslie's Wholesale account is Leslie's Referral Program. Get referred to a customer looking for weekly pool service. Save time and money and grow your pool service route and become a Leslie's Pro. One of the biggest complaints I get from other pool pros out there that take over a pool as a saltwater generator is that, yeah, I like saltwater generators when they're working. Most of the accounts that I have, they're not working. And I think this is a big problem out there in the industry, especially if you are taking over an account where you have a non-functioning salt system. Very common to get an account where the salt cell isn't working and they're using tablets or they're using chlorine in the pool and they just haven't addressed the issue or maybe the previous company hadn't addressed the issue. So let me walk you through the steps that I go through when I take over a service account with a non-functioning salt cell which happens very often out there, more often than it should, because the saltwater generator is an investment by the customer and it should be functioning. Of course, the first thing that you want to figure out is how old the salt cell is. If the salt cell looks ancient, which you can tell right away by the fact that it looks like it's been there for five years or six years, then my first suspect is that the salt cell is just non-functioning, is reached its allotted hours, You may not know this, or you may know this, that the salt cells are rated for hours of usage. And at the end of those hours, they are pretty much no longer functioning. The cell plates have worn out. Some are rated for 10,000 hours of use. This means that they'll run for 10,000 hours. And then as they get close to the end, you're going to have all kinds of different issues. Mainly, it's not going to be producing chlorine. It may give you a false low salt level reading or it may give you other indications that it's not working properly. Some cells are rated for 15,000 hours. Some cells are even rated for 20,000 hours. But typically, most salt cells will last or are rated for about 10,000 hours of usage. Once they they reach the end of that, then they're no longer functioning. What you can do is ask the customer, when was the last time the salt cell was replaced? If they say they've owned the pool for eight years, owned a house for eight years with the pool, and they've never replaced it, chances are that salt cell is no good and replacing it would be a viable option or one option that you can approach the customer with. They may not like the price point of the salt cell and I think this is one of the main reasons why a lot of salt systems are just non-functioning out there. Once the salt cell goes bad and you tell the customer it's going to be $800 to replace it, they're like, well, what are my alternatives? Can I just continue going with chlorine? And that's kind of what you run into out there is that initially, They love their salt system, and then after four years when the cell goes bad, they consider just going back to chlorine because they don't want to replace the cell. But with the inflated cost of chlorine now, I don't think that's very viable for a lot of customers, so they'll probably opt to replace the cell. 
And it's a pretty hard hit on them on their budget to spend $800 for a new cell. So keep that in mind that when you do approach them about a new cell, it may be kind of a shock to them, especially if they never investigated how much the cell costs. And they may assume that it's something that's two or $300. And their assumption is probably wrong because most salt cells are at least $500 to $1,000 to replace, at least with the OEM salt cell. There are generic salt cell options out there. I would say they're kind of hit and miss, but if you wanted to save the customer a couple hundred dollars or even a few hundred dollars, you may want to go to a generic salt cell. But I find that the OEM, original manufactured product, is probably the best way to go. And there's really not a lot of difference where you buy it from. The prices may be a little cheaper, but it's one of those things where if the salt cell is $800, it's $800 to replace, and there's not much you can do about it. So this is, I think, why, again, a lot of salt cells are just non-functioning out there. The client may have taken over the pool. They may be on a tight budget after buying the house, and there's no way that they're going to spend $800 or $1,000 for a new salt cell at this time, and so the system just stays non-functioning. You take over the pool from the previous pool company. You approach the customer for a new cell, and you make it the same answer they got. Just stick with tablets and chlorine. I'm perfectly fine with that. And so that's one of the main reasons I think that there are a lot of non-functioning salt cells out there. When they purchase a salt water generator, they just have no concept of replacing the cell later on or the price point of that replacement cell. So besides visually, here's how I diagnose a cell. And Maybe the cell doesn't look super old and you want to diagnose it and see if there's a problem. So the first thing I'll do is kind of open the panel if there's a panel there and see what's going on with the system, if there's any error codes or lights flashing. Certain salt cells systems will tell you when the salt cell is dirty. So look for a flashing light that says, you know, inspect cell or clean cell. So any flashing lights are an indicator. I also look for any kind of salinity reading. Certain salt systems will display low salt levels, and that could just be the problem. There may not be enough salt in the pool. A lot of times they don't recharge the pool with salt. The customers don't understand that. Yes, the salt doesn't evaporate, but sometimes if you get rain or there's splash out or backwashing, the salt water, the salt salinity level in the pool actually drop and they have to actually add more salt to the pool. It's always a good idea to have a good salinity meter with you. You can get the Lamont Tracer and this is a pretty good salt tester and you want to get the salinity level of the pool. I don't really think you should trust the the screen on the control center, just get the reading yourself and see what the salt level is at. And if the salt level is coming in at like 2100 parts per million, then the problem may just be it needs salt in the pool. So add the salt and bring it back up to about 3000 parts per million. Just about every salt water generator will work at 3000 parts per million. Add the appropriate amount based on the back. The back of the bag should have a guide for you how much salt to add to bring it up. Let's see if that's just a problem. Now, if you're getting a flashing light indicating the salt cell is dirty, of course you want to clean it. One of the things I do when I troubleshoot a system is I'll definitely check the salinity level, but I'll also clean the cell just because I think cleaning the cell, you don't know when it was cleaned last. Sometimes you're not getting a dirty cell indicator, but it may be dirty. And when I say dirty, I'm not talking about like dirt on the cell or debris on the cell. I'm talking about calcium buildup. When we refer to a cell being dirty in the industry, we refer to it being having calcium buildup. I don't know how that term kind of got passed around, but you know, when you say, oh, the cell is dirty, we actually mean that the cell has calcium buildup. I guess it's e easier than saying, oh yeah, the cell has calcium buildup. So clean the cell and each salt system has a different way of cleaning it. 
and has a different acid to water ratio. You're pretty safe with a 10 to 1 ratio with any salt system. Some call for more acid, but I usually go really light on the acid because I don't want to damage the cell. So one part acid, 10 parts water is usually a pretty fair acid bath for it. Some have a cap you can put on like the Aquarite salt cells. And I use that cell cap also, the GXL cell stand for the Pentair salt cells. It works perfectly fine on those. And I believe it works on the Aqua Pure cell by Jandy also. It may not be quite as snug as on the Pentair and Hayward cell, but it works pretty effectively on that cell. And then you would clean that cell. Usually if there's bubbles coming up with the acid and water mixture, that's an indication that the calcium is being dissolved on the cell. Now if you do put a cell in an acid to water mixture and you get no bubbling at all, that means that the cell has no calcium on the plates. I would remove it from the acid bath or the acid water mixture and hose it off because you could damage a salt cell if you're cleaning it when it doesn't need to be cleaned. So look for the initial bubbling right away. And if there's no bubbling, of course you could have too little acid to water mixture. That could be a problem too. But initially there should be some bubbling, especially if you have it in a bucket, like a five gallon bucket, and you're trying to add the acid to water mixture. It's kind of hard to gauge it. And sometimes you're putting too little acid and you're not getting the bubbling effect. But if you don't see any white calcium on the plates and there's no bubbling, I would remove it because then you could damage the cell and it doesn't need to be cleaned at that time. I always look for evidence of calcium buildup and the Hayward Aquarite cells are kind of hard to tell because of the plastic shield around it. But in most other salt systems, you can tell if there's calcium buildup on the metal plates inside the salt cell. So wash the salt cell with an acid water mixture, clean it really good. Hose it off with a pressure nozzle to get any kind of calcium that may be lingering. Put it back on and see if the system resets. Usually within five minutes, it'll let you know that the cell is clean. Once in a while, when you do clean the cell, you'll get a bump in the chlorine, the uh, salt level. And it may bump up and say high salt. You may get a flashing light saying that there's high salt now. This is normal in some cases with some salt systems. After three or four hours, it should reset and it should be reading normal salt, which I don't understand why these systems do that sometimes, but the Pentair systems seem to do this a lot. So be aware that after you clean the cell, and even if the salt level is correct, you may get a high salt reading on that cell. And again, it should reset itself within a few hours by itself. And this is part of diagnosing the salt water system. You're not going to sometimes get a full diagnostic or result the first visit. So after I clean the cell, I'll let the system kind of reset itself. Again, sometimes it'll give you a high salt reading. Maybe sometimes it's not really indicating the salt cell has been cleaned. You might get a no flow reading with some with some of the cells after cleaning it. These things sometimes resolve themselves during the week. So I'll go back the following week to continue my assessment. When I get back there, hopefully the cell light is showing green that is clean. The salt level, the high salt level is not flashing anymore. And then the system's reading the proper salt level of the pool. And everything's good at that point. Sometimes that's not the case. You go back there and it's still showing the fact that the cell might be dirty. That could be an indicator that the cell is actually going bad. You may have a no flow. This is very common with the Pentair cells having a no flow after doing all this. That could be an indicator that the flow sensor is no good. They had a run of really bad flow sensors for their IntelliClor and their um, iClor cells a while back. So it could just be that the flow sensor is not functioning. If you're getting a solid red flow light with the Pentair system, I would say replace that the sensor on those. 
They just snap in the front, so they're pretty easy to replace, and that may solve the problem. A no-flow indicator with the Aquarite system or any of the offline flow sensors could be that the wire is broken. I've had gardeners break the wire. I've had rodents chew the wire. So look for the flow sensor somewhere on the plumbing and see if the cable's connected. And if it's not, or if there's something wrong with that flow sensor, replace that. A Usually a no flow when the pump is running indicates that there's something wrong with the flow sensor itself. It's not actually the salt cell, but it's the flow sensor. And the flow sensor is important because if it's showing no flow when the pump is running, then it's not going to turn on the salt cell. It's a safety mechanism so that the salt cell doesn't overheat without water going in there and explode, which it could actually explode physically. So that's why the flow meter is on there. So sometimes the salt cell is not working because of a a bad flow meter. So definitely check that and check the flow sensor somewhere on the plumbing to make sure that it's working. Again, the Pentair cells have the flow sensor actually built into the front of the cell, and those are easy, easy to replace if you're getting a red no flow on that salt system. I really like the salt cells that are clear because then you can actually see if it's producing. If there's bubbles being produced, lots of bubbles being produced in there, that's a good indicator that the salt is salt water system is generating chlorine because the bubbles indicate the reaction. And I really like the true clear cell, the circa pool cells, the um, CMP cells, because you can actually see the chlorine being produced. Now, if you can't see the bubbles, and there's a certain way you can actually test the pentair cell. If you have an IntelliClor cell and you're thinking it may be old, but you can't really tell, if you hold down the more button for three seconds, the lights on the cell should scroll and leave a few percentage lights lit up. And this corresponds to how much life is used up in the cell. And you can tell by this how old the cell is and how much life is left. So you really can't do the bubble test. Actually, you can. You can bypass the sensor and do that. But it's a little more complicated. I would just do this instead to see if there's actually any life left on the cell. And that would be my way of testing it. You can also take the salt cell into some pool stores, have a machine. They can test the voltage and let you know if the salt cell is actually still good because the voltage is part of the operation of the cell. And if the voltage isn't correct, then the cell may not be producing chlorine. And they can test that actually in certain situations if they have the machine at the pool store to test it. Kind of like when you take your battery in to AutoZone, they can hook it up and let you know if there's any life left on it. They can do the same thing with salt cells. But usually any kind of life indicator, like what I just talked about with the IntelliClor, the iClor actually has a countdown and let you know how many hours it's reached. So that's another indicator that the cell is bad. And then the bubbling test is a great way to test if you have a cell and it's not bubbling or if there's an error message. And that's something that some cells will display. They'll display some kind of error message on the screen. And then you'll know that the cell is probably no longer any good. For example, if you have a Jandy True Clear and the cell is about three or four years old, you may get on the display the check cell, and that check cell is an indicator by the system that the cell is not getting the proper voltage, and more than likely the cell has reached the end of its lifespan. That's usually after three or four years, sometimes if you get that before that point. And by the way, the True Clear system comes with a three-year warranty on their cell and their system. And if it does something does happen prior to that, they'll actually send you a replacement cell. But if you get that check cell 
like if the cell's a year old, more than likely it's not worn out, and so there may be something else wrong with that system. But generally, after three or four years, that check cell will indicate that the cell's no longer good. With the Hayward Ockerite system, there is a diagnostic button and there is a voltage display there, and you want to make sure that it's within range. And you can, of course, check with Hayward, but I think the range is like 30 or 32 volts. And if it's really low when you're checking that, it may indicate the cell's no longer functioning. I find that with the Ockerite salt systems, when the cell is not functioning or when it's getting near the end of its lifespan, you're going to get a lot of the check cell flashing, indicating the salt cell is dirty when it's actually not. And you're also going to get a really low salinity reading on the salt system with a bad cell. So you may test the water and it's going to show that it's at 3,300 parts per million, but the aquarite panel is showing that the salt level is at 2,100 parts per million. And that's a good indicator that the salt cell is near the end of its lifespan. A lot of times when I take over a pool that has an aquarite system, I'll check the salt level. And I'm not kidding you. Sometimes I'll find the salt level at 6,000 parts per million, 7,000 parts per million. Probably the worst I've seen was like around 8,000 parts per million because you can technically keep adding salt to the pool. And then eventually that salt cell will activate and it'll give you like a reading on the aquarite panel of 3,100 or 3,200 when in fact, the salt level is like 6,000. And that's just an indicator that the salt cell was dying and someone didn't really pay attention to that and just kept adding more and more salt without an independent tester. And the only solution for that, of course, if it's at 6,000 parts per million, is to drain half the water out of the pool to get it back down to 3,000 parts per million, and then you can replace the cell. So each system is a little bit different and indicating that it's not functioning. You'll get to know these systems out there. There's, of course, other ones like Autopilot. There's a circuit pool I mentioned. And if any, if you get any kind of error message on that system, or if there's some kind of something weird happening, you can, of course, Google it. And usually someone has had that problem and it'll be an indicator that the system's not working. The old AquaPure systems always had these error codes pop up on them. The new systems are a little bit more reliable, of course, but the old ones had these error codes that were really frustrating, like 186. I think that was one of the error codes that would display. And this is something that you'll notice with salt systems. If there's any kind of writing or code displayed, that means that the system is not functioning. Of course, one thing to note, the salt water system will not work if the water is cold. A lot of times you're going to have an indicator on there, you know, cold or something or water temperature too low and there'll be a red light flashing or illuminated. So the water temperature typically has to be above 68 degrees for it to work. 70 degrees is probably optimal, but in cold water, the salt system will turn off or shut down. So don't try to get a salt system working if the water temperature is below 60 degrees. It's just not going to activate and you're going to be frustrated. So again, there is a certain temperature the water needs to be at for the systems to activate and to work. So let's say that you do all this, the flow sensor's green, the flow light's green, the cell showing that it's generating, but there's still no chlorine being produced in the pool. There could be two things wrong at this point. It could be the fact that the cyanuric acid level is too low. So check that, and if it's like around 20 or 30 parts per million, raise that to 80 parts per million, and that should solve the problem of the cell not producing. If the cell is still not producing at 80 parts per million, then it could be the fact that it's not running or the pool's not running long enough for it to produce chlorine. So if you read the manuals, you'll see like, you know, the you know IC40 cell, the IntelliClor 40, will produce 1.2 pounds of chlorine per day. That's running the pool at 3450 RPMs, which is full speed. 
and having it run for 24 hours and you get that one pound of chlorine, which is about like the same as one gallon of liquid chlorine. So you can do a 24-hour test. And I like doing this on systems where the cyanuric acid level is good at 80 parts per million. Everything's green. All the lights are green. So I'll run the pool for 24 hours. Then I'll go back and check the chlorine level the next day. And if you're producing a pound of chlorine, you should have a really good chlorine reading in that pool. Now, there are other factors that could cause that chlorine not to read, like high phosphates or maybe some metals in the water. If there's iron in the water, it'll zero out or nitrates. But in most cases, it's just the fact that the pool's not running long enough. So do that 24-hour test where you run the salt cell at 100% output. You can hit the superchlorinate button. That'll get it right to 100% right away. And then you run the pool for 24 hours and check back the next day to see what the chlorine reading is. And if you're getting a good chlorine reading, then it's just the fact that the pool wasn't running long enough for it to produce. And if you're getting no chlorine, then there could be some kind of outside factor or the salt cell could not be working. There could be something wrong with it. Even if the panel doesn't indicate it, the salt cell might be bad or old. It's a good idea to always keep kind of old cells with you so you can swap them out. So I have a, an old Antelichlor 40 cell that I can use that's still functioning and I can test any kind of pentair pool with it. So keep some extra cells if you want to do some kind of testing. If you do all these tests and it's still not working, it may just be a bad salt cell at that point. Get to know each system, get to know the errors that it produces. And again, Google is a great resource for any kind of error codes or problems with the salt system. You can, of course, call the manufacturer directly. Jandy is really great at answering their phones and troubleshooting with you. So is Hayward. Pentair, the whole time, may be a little bit long. So if you do have a system that has a problem, what I like to do with Pentair is I call three stops ahead of time. And by the time I get to the stop with the salt cell with the problem, Pentair typically will answer after that point, but depending on the season, off-season, they answer quicker. In-season, you may have a hard time getting a hold of a service tech on the other end or a troubleshooting tech, but I think this will cover most of the problems you run into. The panel lights are a good indicator of something wrong. The manuals, the PDF manuals you can get online for salt systems are really good also, and they'll have a section in there saying no no chlorine's being produced or this is displayed on the screen. It'll tell you what that means, and you can kind of troubleshoot that. And hopefully you can get the salt system running because that's kind of why the customer put it back there so that it's running. It saves you a lot of effort, and it, of course, saves the customer money on putting chlorine in there. And if the salt cell is bad, then try to convince the customer to replace it, especially with the high cost of chlorine right now. It's logical in most cases to replace that salt cell and take the hit. But of course, if they don't want to do that, then there's really nothing you can do. And you would just treat that salt water generator, treat that salt water pool as if it didn't have a salt water generator and treat it as a chlorine pool at that point. Now, of course, the TDS is going to be like around 5,000 parts per million. This could cause problems. Sometimes it doesn't, sometimes it does. But I'd rather you get the salt system working with a salt pool because, again, that's initially why they have it. And having a non-functioning salt system and using chlorine, to me, doesn't make any sense. It's just a really bad investment at that point. If you're looking for other podcasts that I recorded, you can find those on my website, swimmingprolearning.com. Click on the podcast icon. And I have quite a bit of podcasts on saltwater generators. You can listen to those at your leisure. In the search box, just type in salt, and I'll have all the salt podcasts come up. And if you're interested in a coaching program that I offer, you can learn more at poolguycoaching.com. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Have a great rest of your week. God bless. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. The Pool Guy Podcast.
Real quick, if you're not using pool server software, try Skimmer free for 30 days at getskimmer backslash pool guy. Again, that's getskimmer backslash pool guy. Skimmer, everything you need to run your pool service business all in one app.